Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the program that takes wellbeing research off the page and into our lives. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan, and today we're talking about resilience, our ability to bounce back from setbacks and challenges and regain a sense of well-being. Given that all of us will experience disappointment, challenge, and setback in our lives, it's really important that we're able to cope with those things and move on. My guest today is Dr. Tony Noble, who specializes in teaching children to develop well-being and resilience skills. Tony, along with her co-author, Dr. Helen McGrath, is the creator of the Bounce Back Program, an award-winning program that teaches well-being, resilience, and social-emotional skills to primary school children. Tony's framework for well-being and resilience is highly regarded in schools as relevant, practical, and teacher and school-friendly. Having worked in this area for deaf for several decades, she's definitely one of the pioneers of student well-being in Australia, where she lives and works. Tony, we are delighted to have you with us on Bringing Wellbeing to Life. Welcome. Thank you, Denise. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. So, Tony, I thought I would dodge the the question of me defining resilience and hand it over to the expert. Um, How do you define resilience? How do you describe it? Well, we define uh, resilience as the ability to cope Um, and bounce back after encountering negative events, challenges, difficult situations or adversity and to return to a a sense of well-being. It's also the capacity to respond adaptively to difficult circumstances and still thrive. You know, young people need to be both socially and academically resilient. Mm. Um, It's a big term. I think even young children understand that notion of being able to bounce back but I think we need to emphasize that if it's been a significant setback then it might take some time to do that. We need to understand that to help children understand that it's natural to be sad or or anxious or angry or what have you depending on the the trigger and to sit with that and to understand why they feel that way and then hopefully to recover and bounce Mm -hmm. back. And what do you what do you describe or you know in your framework, what are the key skills that children need to learn to build well-being and resilience? I think the important thing to communicate to both parents and teachers is that well-being and resilience is a set of skills that can be learned and therefore can be taught. Uh, so the key skills of resilience and I guess well-being as well is helpful rational thinking versus unhelpful thinking. So helpful rational thinking is helping kids to understand that maybe they're not the only kid who struggled with that homework or couldn't get into the football team or um, fell out with a friend and also more major situations. But so helping them to not exaggerate or catastrophize, which is unhelpful. Being optimistic that things will generally improve having good relationships with others and being able to ask for support when they need it. That must be a big one. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Being courageous, and that means being able to face your fears and perhaps take a risk, and being able to manage strong, unpleasant emotions, but also to be able to boost pleasant emotions, change a bad mood into a good mood. These are all very important skills, and I know you've designed the program to be user-friendly and easily remembered. Tell us more about how. Helen, my co-author, and I are teachers as well as psychologists. So we're always trying to think how can we make whatever we teach user-friendly. So one of the ways that we've done this with the resilience um, helping skills is to base it on cognitive behaviour therapy. So it has rigour, but there's 10 bounce-back statements that um, so each letter of bounce back is a, a, a statement, a coping statement, and we encourage teachers and parents to help their children learn these statements off by heart. Do you want me to go through them? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Because I guess bounce back is such a great um, it's such a great title for the program because it's you know it, it's the thing you want to happen and the fact that you're able to have an acronym that fits bounce back is just and those those 10 statements that people need to learn I okay so the first b in bounce is bad feeling uh, bad times um don't last things always get better stay optimistic o is other people can help if you ask them um and linked to that is get a reality check are you the only kid who Oh, yeah. nice. struggled with the homework or fell out with a friend. The U is unhelpful thinking makes you feel more upset. Think again. So how you're thinking affects how you're feeling and behaving. Change your thinking. The N is nobody's perfect, not you and not others. The C is concentrate on the positives in a bad situation, no matter how small. And use laughter. So there's sort of two coping skills there. The E is everybody experiences sadness, hurt, failure, rejection and setbacks sometimes, not just you. So the idea is there with kids to encourage them to think this is just a normal part of life. Don't think it only happens to you that you're jinxed, that you've got a problem, that you're stupid. And then the back is more complex. It's the second back, uh, B in back, in bounce back, is blame fairly. How much of what happened was due to what you said and did, to what others said and did, or simply due to bad luck or circumstances that you didn't have much control over? The A is accept what you can't change. And in, in a lot of kids' lives, you know, they can't change the fact that mum and dad are divorcing, that maybe they have to change school, that they change home. Um, but what they can change is how they cope with it, how they think about it. Uh, so that's B, A. The C is catastrophizing, exaggerate your worries. Don't believe the worst possible picture. Don't make mountains out of molehills. <laughs> keep think- and the K is keep things in perspective. It's only one part of your life. You might, you might have struggled with um, failing a test, but you might be doing all right in, in another subject or in other areas of your life. So if I was a child in a classroom that was doing bounce back, would there be a poster on the wall with these statements? Yes, we do encourage teachers to put 
the bounce back um, statements on the wall and to embed it in as much as possible. Like sometimes teachers on yard duty will have in their little pack of first aid or whatever it might be um, the bounce back acronym. So when things go pear-shaped at recess or lunchtime, they can perhaps draw on the bounce back statements um, but it just becomes part of the language of resilience. I love this because so often with programs we're, we're talking about kind of um, very intellectual or academic ideas that it feels like we're trying to stretch and drag into the real world, whereas bounce back is absolutely living in the playground in the classroom. I mean, I feel like if I was, if I was just if I was a kid and those statements were on the work, wall it would be really hard not to absorb them yes and for little ease we have simpler statements we still talk about bouncing back um, because even little get that but we just have six statements linked to bounce which nice. are simpler in structure and vocabulary and what can you tell us those because I'm sure you know for anyone that's that's curious or is working with younger children I just love these the the bounce, the B, is bad feelings always go away again. Oh, other people can help. You feel better if you talk to them. The U is unhelpful thinking makes you feel more upset. Think again. So that's the same. N is nobody's perfect, not you and not others. The C is concentrate on the things that are still good when things go wrong. And the E is everybody has unhappy times sometimes, not just you. I love this because all of these are, you know, I'm, as you're going through them, I'm hearing um, the, 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 the cognitive side of thinking and think again and challenging our own thinking, but also gratitude and the nobody's perfect. These are, these are really powerful, aren't they? They are. And I think it's often the high achieving kids who place so much pressure on themselves to be perfect um, and become overwhelmed with anxiety, particularly in high-stakes testing. Yeah. Uh, and to try and learn these skills and understandings from the very first years of schooling hopefully helps them to develop good habits of thinking and um, being resilient from a, the very early stages of school. I also love that it says, ask somebody for help. Somebody else might know. You know, yeah. we, we know that um, connection and reaching out is a big resilience skill. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, it's absolutely crucial. It, it's get the reality check. I think often when kids are overwhelmed with unhelpful thinking, they can't see the wood for the trees. They... They exact, They generalise from one situation to this will always go on forever or, um, you know, I failed that maths test, I'll never be good at maths, I'll never get a good job. So they catastrophise and I think the reality check is encourage them to look for evidence. It's not to be Pollyanna-ish and hope that everything will always be right. It's, it's real-time resilience, mm. as uh, Karen Rivek would talk about. Yeah. And that reaching out to other people too. And I guess, you know, I might be completely, um, you know, in, in, a, in a complete funk and, and convinced that things will never work. Whereas if I talk to somebody else, 
they're not operating from my head and they generally have a better perspective. Absolutely crucial. Yes, indeed. Um, Tony, if you were, if you think about the the key kind of skills of resilience, um, if you remind us again of what they are and then tell me, are there any, you know, is there one in particular that stands out for you as very important or is it not possible to narrow them down? You can't have a favourite. Well, I think teaching helpful rational thinking is really important. Teaching kids to be optimistic that things will improve, helping them to have good relationships with others, um, whether they're classmates, other kids at school, other teachers, and encourage them to ask for support, to be courageous, mm-hmm. um, to know that uh, facing their fear will create anxiety but it, it's worth doing if the risk and the outcome is a positive one and being able to manage strong, unpleasant emotions but also to be able to boost positive emotions. Going back to the 10 coping statements to say which is the key one, Um, to answer your question, I think the message everybody experiences setbacks, makes mistakes, has failures, experiences adversity, not just you, is absolutely crucial to resilience. It kind of normalises that setbacks will be part of life and it it stops them personalising and thinking it only happens to them. And I think that's more of a hopeful message, which means that they will hopefully be more resilient and persevere when faced with obstacles. Because I guess if we think about um, this happens to everybody, not just me, and normalising it as part of life, if I do that step, then... I'm more likely to be willing to ask for help because I'm not the weirdo that it's gone wrong yeah. for. Yeah. yeah and and exactly. so a lot of a lot of good things flow from that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I've always said that that's the key one. <laughs> and um the the uh the the other one that I'm interested uh in picking out here is being courageous because there's a lot of work done on resilience that doesn't mention the word having courage. Yes, we've actually got courage as a curriculum unit. So in the Bounce Back program, we have 10 curriculum units and courage is one of the the, the 10 units. And we have to emphasise to kids that we're not talking about being a hero because most of us will never need to be a hero, hopefully, save somebody from a, a burning house or from a rip in the surf or whatever it might be. But we all need everyday courage to have a go at something that's challenging for us and might make us feel nervous or anxious. So we distinguish between everyday courage to have a go at something versus being a hero or foolhardy behaviour or thrill-seeking behaviour. And there's a lot of wonderful children's literature that uh, allows teachers to unpack that concept and many of the other concepts that we teach. We particularly draw on biographies for the older children. Uh, I love the story of... Um, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Take your time and think. <laughs> um, we can come back to it if you like. <laughs> the, the girl who, who uh, sailed solo around the world. Oh, yeah. Watson. Jessica Watson. That's right. I remember her. 
she really faced her fears and in her autobiography she talks a lot about um the mental health challenges as well oh, really yes yeah. and it's written in a style that's very accessible for older primary junior secondary kids because you know she might have been facing all of her fears but i think she was facing all of mine as well i can't i can't imagine sailing around the world and how she was the youngest person ever so was she 15 or something or 16 was 16 wow tony you also mentioned learning to manage strong emotions tell yes. us tell us a bit more about that piece well we have um I, 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 it's introduced, I guess, in the Bounce Back acronym, but it's then uh, we have a unit called Emotions and within the Emotions units, it's helping kids to first identify, correctly identify their emotions because if, if you're confused about whether I'm really stressed or I'm just disappointed, then that's a very important distinction to make and to help kids to develop more effective coping skills to deal with whatever the emotion is. So it's identifying emotions, but it's also helping them to amplify positive emotions, like changing a bad mood into a good mood, to particularly manage uh, strong emotions like anger, and we have a lot on anger and anxiety, which are, I guess, the most common, but also about sadness too and um, dealing with grief. We often start um, teaching a concept through a picture book. And the picture book is a wonderful tool because we we have spent a lot of time looking at uh, picture books, often award-winning picture books, because I always say to teachers, your favourite book to teach, um, because it generates a lot of interest and, and rich discussion in the class is often a a book that is a rich book for teaching about well-being and resilience do you know as you're talking i'm thinking gosh i wish i wish we'd had bounce back in my school and and, you know and there are definitely days where i think i could still do with the bounce back statements on my kitchen wall well we use them in our family a lot (laughs) it becomes a bit of a joke like you know you'll drop something oh well bad times don't last (laughs) but that's great and even if it's being said in a you know postmodern ironic way because your mother is the developer of the program it still works yeah it does work yes absolutely so tony one question that i think um schools would be really keen to get your view on is what's your advice to a school wanting to build resilience in their students? From my experience in working in this area for a long time is I think there's such huge benefits if schools take a whole school approach. So whatever strategy program or whatever they do that they do it across the whole school much easier at the primary than secondary level but really where the the school explicitly makes well-being and resilience a school priority. And so that's reflected in school policies. It's reflected in executive support. It's re- it reflected in school practices. Ideally, they appoint a student well-being coordinator who is backed up by a team to support teachers in implementing whatever the school's chosen initiative is. Um, So if they were to choose Bounce Back, I would suggest that 
they have a, a designated lesson once a week across the whole school. It doesn't have to be at the same time. It doesn't even have to be at the same topic. But it is a it is allocated timetable time, so it's valued. And the school coordinator makes it as easy as possible for the teachers to implement the program or initiative. I know that you are a proud grandmother to a beautiful boy. So tell me, when you think about um, his resilience, what do you think is the most important thing his parents can do or are doing to build well-being and resilience? I think to be absolutely loving, um, to be very calm in your parenting and consistent, but also to encourage age appropriate independence and to not overprotect your child um, and do things for him that he can do for himself. I think that's, that in fact robs children of being resilient. That's lovely because I think, you know, I, I know we are living in an epidemic of um, overprotected children. I mean, there are some who are completely underprotected, but at the at the, if you like, the luckier end of the spectrum, we've got a lot of kids who are wrapped in cotton wool or bubble wrap, whatever you want to call it. And I love that, giving them age-appropriate independence. Yeah. Yes. And, of course, there's no clear rules what that is, and people will have different views of what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it's something that we need to remind ourselves Tony, before we finish, tell me, um, we could keep you here all day, I know, but um, before we go, tell me, what is your go-to strategy, something that you do that reliably can boost your well-being when you might feel, you know, flat or, or down? You know what I do? I track the small good things in a bad situation, whether it's the small good things in... Uh, other people in the situation, in the situation itself, which might be, don't do that again, but at least (laughs) I've learned from it. Um, So however bad it is, I think you really can hunt the good things. And I think that's a very, very powerful strategy. That is a lovely strategy to leave us with. Tony, can I say thank you? I know everybody will will be really grateful and have learned a lot from our chat today. So thank you very much for your time with us. Thank you, Denise. It's been a delight. I'm inspired by Tony's work and really do want the bounce back statements on my wall, especially everybody has setbacks and bad times don't last and ask someone for help. Bounce Back's a great example of how scientific evidence can be the basis for a program that is translated effectively into children's ideas and language. Tony emphasises how important it is to remind children and all of us, that everyone has setbacks. You're not the only one. Tony's strategy for turning a bad mood around is to track the small good things in a bad situation. So the next time things are going a little pear-shaped, focus on what is still good in the situation or in the people, and on what's still working or what you can learn from it. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on ORFM Dunedin. If you'd like to listen to a podcast of this show, you can find it on or.org.nz or at nziwr.co.nz. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan. Thank you for listening. This program has been brought to you by the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. 
For more information on how schools, communities and workplaces can grow their well-being and resilience, go to nziwr.co.nz.